Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Cooperative Money Matters podcast. I'm Mark Carbon from Sydney Credit Union, and this month I am joined by Yanni Harbis, Sydney Credit Union's manager of branch and commercial lending. Yanni, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. Excellent. And I'm also joined by our first returning guest on the show, Michael Toomey, your uh, Sydney Credit Union's lending manager. How are you today? I'm very good. How are you? I'm great. Excited to be back. Very. Not sure how I roped you into this, but it's it's a Friday, and uh, I guess I, I caught you at a good moment, so that's good. Uh, last month, we talked a little bit about the first-time home buying process, some things to keep in mind when you're looking to buy your first home. Today, this month, we're going to focus a little bit more on when you already own a home, maybe you have for a little while, you're looking to get a little bit more out of your home, take advantage of some of that equity that might be in your house. Uh, and it's, you know, here we use, is it time to make your home work for you? Uh, and that's, you know, that that's something that I think some people might know about. They may have heard about the home equity stuff, but they may not be too familiar with it. Uh, but before we run into this, last time we finished off the episode with talking about after you own your home, what are some things that you can do to keep up the value and add to the value? And I think that's a good thing to, to keep in mind going into this episode and maybe start this one off if people didn't listen to it last time or didn't get all the way through it. Uh, as homeowners and people that deal with home equity and mortgages and all that kind of stuff, what are some tips and what are some things that you guys look at uh, or, or know that people would look at when they're considering home renovations and you're considering keeping the value of your home up or increasing the value, what are some of the things that you should look for? Mike? Um, well, I think one of the biggest misunderstandings is the, the difference between home renovations and maintenance. Right. Maintenance is keeping the value um, of your property, maintaining uh, what it's worth or at least allowing it to grow as inflation grows. Um, so, I mean, one of the biggest things that you can do wrong is just when you buy your home, you don't do anything to it. So like in the last episode, we talked about uh, best practice would be anywhere between about one to 2% of the value of your home in maintenance or repairs on an annual basis should maintain your house. Um, so a lot of times you'll see people who come in and their home is in disrepair with windows and doors and roofs and leaks and cracks and if proper maintenance was maintained on that property then those things really wouldn't have happened. So those types of renovations you're basically uh, bringing the home back to life to what its true value is and not really increasing value. Um, whereas if you maintained the home on a regular basis and you wanted to do upgrades so uh, major renovations, maybe you wanted to uh, finish your basement, uh, add a garage, uh, build an in-law suite, stuff like that. Those are things that would increase the value of your property. Right. It would be considered a renovation rather than fixing or maintenance. Right. So you're saying uh, maintenance first, <clears throat> renovations later. Is that your, your maintenance always? Yes. Right. So when do you, when do you know it's time to renovate? Uh, is there any specific 
timeline in, in someone that someone should keep in mind or is there is there any time to know you know you need to renovate maybe before you're thinking about selling or you know what's uh, what's a good timeline to follow there Yanni do you have uh, any uh, for ideas me on it that? always matters on the individual I'm speaking to um, so for example it also depends on the house that I then buy so for example if I buy a home and the windows aren't as energy efficient as they should be and I then want to increase the the energy efficiency of my home then that would be the renovation that I would do and it would be uh, better to sell and easier to sell because it's energy efficient and the inner guide has increased therefore the cost of living for the person buying the house would, would go down um, again it depends on the status of the home that uh, that the person lives in for example my home when i first bought it i had a geriatric tub where it was a sit-down tub for the master bathroom for me to resell that and keep that tub in there I, I would have got probably $20,000 less in the home um, than I would now when I completed the renovation to that uh, bathroom. Um, it shows better. It's a bit cleaner, and I don't need to sit down in my tub slash shower and not know what I'm exactly doing. <laughs> gotcha. Mike, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, um, yeah, other than that, I mean, to, if you wanted to know when it's time to re renovate, um, is how the house works for you. So if the function of the home and your family no longer works, if you bought the home and you were just two and now you have a family of more and it was just a small home, maybe you do need to um, create that extra bedroom or two or create that extra bathroom or finish the basement or um, something along those lines. So, you know, if you weigh the pros and the cons to see, you know, how much or if any equity you have in your home as is to sell it, to give you enough to buy a bigger home, if that's better for you, then do that. Or is it worth your while to do a, you know, I guess a major renovation and create your home that you currently have into something that works for your life as well. Right. Is there any way to gauge when you are thinking about a home renovation? Say you're thinking about doing a basement over or adding a piece onto your house. Is there a way to gauge what the cost versus uh, resale value will be? Like, you know, if you pay $20,000 to renovate a basement, uh, is, is there an easy way or a, a reliable way to see if that's going to add $20,000 to the value of your home or maybe it's going to add 40000 to the value of your home? Is there is there a way to do that or a place that people can go to, uh, to get that kind of assessment reliably? Yeah, so there's a couple options. Uh, what we do is if someone is coming in and they want to do massive renovations, we'll ask for quotes. So they'll probably get one or two quotes um, into what the cost would be to do that. But uh, a good move would then be to get an as-is, as-completed appraisal. Right. So you know what the cost is going to be to do the work. What is then going to be the as-completed value of my home when I finish the work? Um, and then you can kind of justify what the cost-benefit return would be. Right. Okay. Do, do we have some place that we usually go to? Do we have some people that we can point to that are kind of reliable? Or is that up to the, the home uh, owner to kind of sort out? Would that be a contractor or other people? Yeah, I mean, for the cost, you would want a licensed contractor, but for the value, we would use an accredited professional real estate appraiser. Realtor. Okay, perfect. Uh, I just really want people to know who to go to mm -hmm. when they're they're looking at this stuff and trying to get the most value. The great part for us um, is we'll provide that advice to you when you come in to discuss your goals with us right. at Sydney Credit Union. So when you sit down with Mike and you have the conversation as a member and we talk about your life, uh, and your goals, ultimately kids, size, uh, status, whatever it is, uh, we'll have those conversations and we typically uh, try to direct them in the, into the proper areas and the proper people. 
So Mike may have a couple contractors that he uses because typically they don't have any cost overruns. So when they give you their quote, there's a good chance that the, the, the quote is actually the cost that it's going to be. And then same thing with the appraisers that we use. We use certain appraisers because we know that the value that they say as completed is, is pretty bang on. Um, with a standard deviation of say, you know, 2.5%. Okay, perfect. That's getting really into the nitty gritty, but I like, I like the, the amount of detail. I think, you know, for me as someone who's actually, I, I'm thinking about renovating my basement in my own home. So this is all stuff that I've been thinking about and being a, a first time home owner, home owner uh, owning my home for, you know, a little, around five years or so, so far, you know, I've, I've kept up with the maintenance and I've done certain things, but now it's to the point of, okay, do we want to do the basement? Do we want to add something else? Um, you know, do we want to put a, a fence up and this kind of stuff? So it's always good to know, uh, what can make my home work for me and, and what work I'm putting into my home. Exactly. You know? Some uh, of the questions may then become when, when we have a conversation with you and your, and your wife, uh, what are then your goals over the short term and long term? If your goal isn't to live in this house, right. uh, well then maybe the advice would be different if well, we actually plan to start a family in this home right. and then we look at the home and you say, well, this is what we need to do. Well, therefore, yeah, maybe a fence is, is, is one of the options. Maybe having an extra bathroom would be another option. So really dependent on your goals would be then how we provide that advice. Right. That's one of the great things about a credit union is we'll sit down with people. We'll have those conversations. We live here. We work here. We play here. We have family here. We know the areas. We know, uh, you know, general resale values and all that kind of stuff. We're not just typing something into a spreadsheet and sending it off somewhere else. We're, we're doing that hands-on, right? So uh, that, that kind of adds to the, uh, the, the benefits of, of coming into a credit union. Right? Uh, so it is time for spring and summer renovations. Uh, people are also traveling. They're looking for a little extra money. At the, around this time of year. I mean, I don't think that stops for any time of year, but right now you always hear, you know, spring and summer renos. Maybe people are thinking about doing a basement renovation or putting in a pool or something like that. So we've been talking about home equity. Let's talk about some options for getting spring and summer renovations, maybe going on a trip, doing that stuff without running up your credit card bill. So first off, we mentioned total access home equity, I think. Uh, let's have a, a definition of, of what makes that different from a normal loan or from a normal uh, mortgage. Awesome, yeah, it's always best to, to compare a traditional mortgage to a total access home equity uh, or a collateral mortgage. Uh, so what is it, a traditional mortgage? A traditional mortgage is a registered charge against your home in the amount of the mortgage for your home. Uh, the agreement includes the terms of your mortgage, the interest rate, the term of the agreement, the payment amount, the principal amount owing. Uh, traditional mortgage requires members to enter into a new mortgage in order to borrow more money. Very important to quickly note that. Uh, total access home equity, or a TAHI, uh, <laughs> a total access home equity. off the tongue, <laughs> right? Uh, total access home equity mortgage is readvanceable, allowing you to access the equity in your home at any time. Uh, you can choose how you want to allocate your approved credit limit between fixed and variable mortgage loans, line of credits, and overdrafts. Uh, so there's a bit more options. The important part that uh, noted in the traditional mortgage is when you want to refinance your, your mortgage to be able to do those renovations with the traditional mortgage, you have to pay out essentially that or re-advance that mortgage as opposed to the total access home equity. Uh, 
when a collateral mortgage charge is set, you can come in, get an appraisal, and save yourself the legal fee because we've already registered X amount of dollars for them uh, prior to them needing to access those funds. So if someone already has a traditional mortgage, what's the process of, can, is it easy to change over to a total access home equity? Do they, you know, what, what's the process there, Mike? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's exactly what Yanny just said. You, it, it, when you're in a traditional mortgage, you have to break that contract. You have to break that term. So you have to renegotiate the whole thing. Um, so you would pay it out and then you would start over. So you would pay it off and, and uh, open up a, a new mortgage. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're looking at it as a, a member or a consumer, there's nothing that the person is going to notice any different. It's the, the back end of it, the way that we register it, um, when it goes to the lawyer's office to make it more convenient for in the future. So if you do have equity or you do pay down your mortgage to a certain amount um, that you can access that equity or leverage that equity if you want it to you know, secure a lower rate or an easier payment for maybe buying a car or doing those maintenance um, things during the year. Um, you can just come in and we can capture that. So the total access home equity is uh, a vehicle that we use, I guess, for the lack of a better term, um, for financing that is almost like an umbrella that we can capture other products underneath, which is secured with your home, um, leveraging the equity, which allows you to qualify for better interest rates, smaller payments, longer terms, stuff like that. Is it something that someone can just come in and ask for or are there certain criteria that people have to meet. I mean, obviously there's certain criteria that people have to meet, but is it something that you usually see people specifically asking for? Is it a product that we usually pick up on and decide that it's right for that person? Like, can someone have a total access home equity mortgage and not even realize it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not something that you would come in and choose and, and say, I think I'm going to come in and apply for a total access home equity. It's the way that we process it behind the scenes, right? So the way that you as a consumer would see the benefit is maybe you got your mortgage three years ago, we set it up like that, you've paid it down, we've got a fresh appraisal, there's now equity there, you wanna put in a pool, it's gonna cost you $10,000. You go and apply for a loan and you're charged seven or eight or 9%. We see that there's equity available in your home. Um, instead of breaking the contract on your mortgage, charged a penalty and redoing it, we may be able to capture that loan under the total access so you could get a much lower interest rate, you could take it out a little longer, um, and then it's secured using the equity to leverage your, your house, right? Excellent. Okay. Uh, why is something like a total access home equity better than other lending options? Like, Why would people be interested in that if, if they were? I think first off, it's the flexibility uh, to choose what product you want underneath the umbrella that is the total access home equity. Um, secondly, uh, the point that you don't have to break that conventional mortgage, refinance it um, continuously. So the charge to go and get a, a legal bill every single time where you want to break that conventional mortgage. So it gives you that flexibility to have an appraisal to see what the value of that home is and then to borrow 80% of that. Um, from a credit union perspective, uh, different from a, a federally regulated financial institution, uh, Sydney Credit Union's total access home equity, if you wanted to do 80%, say your home was worth 100,000 for round figures, and, and, the, and you wanted to do 80% 
Um, of that, you can do that all under a line of credit. Uh, obviously, there'd be some repayment uh, structures that we put in place, but a federally regulated institution can only do 65% revolving credit. So again, it gives you extra flexibility. So say, for example, individuals that have paid down their mortgage, but now want to, I don't know, buy another home, they could leverage off this home to then maybe buy that summer home and have it as a line of credit because they know when they retire, let's say for example, they're gonna sell this home and move into that cottage. So what will then happen is where they had it on a line of credit at 80%, they won't have a penalty when they pay it off and then they can enjoy their life at the cabin or the cottage in the Myra or wherever. Perfect. And another benefit that we have as a credit union is against the other financial institutions is you can capture more than one product under that umbrella. So these products, they're similar products at the other banks. Um, however, they're set up as your traditional mortgage and line of credit option, and that's pretty much the way that it is. You pay down your mortgage, your line of credit option rebalances automatically, and that's all you have. Whereas if you have the equity and you want several different products, you can do that with us. So, you know, a lot of, a good example of how that can come in to um, benefit is, you know, maybe you have kids that are going to university, you have your mortgage set up there, you know that you're paying that, they need help with education costs, so you could leverage that rate and that equity to set up a line of credit for Sally and another one for the other kid. Keep those payments separate so that you know that when you're putting on payments to each one, you're not just making a mortgage payment, you know that this payment and this interest is allotted for that debt for that reason, and it just keeps things more organized. And then to Mike's, Mike's point there, depending on the individual, always, it always depends on the individual, you could, you could access this total access home equity in a variety of fashions for different reasons. So right. we could go through 40 examples and they would all be different of how we use the total access home equity to help someone reach their goals or milestones. That's fantastic. It's a very personal product for a very personal financial institution, so that fits right in. Uh, let's take a quick little break right there and we'll be right back with a little bit more. Cooperative Money Matters is brought to you by Sydney Credit Union. Download the Sydney Credit Union mobile app today on iOS or Android and take advantage of secure features like Deposit Anywhere, Lock and Block, or Touch ID and Face ID login. We are back with more of the Cooperative Money Matters podcast. I'm joined by Yanni and Mike, and we are talking about different options to get the most out of your home and the most out of your mortgage and uh, different things to consider when you're, you're talking about uh, spring and summer renovations. So we were talking about the total access home equity loan. Uh, what are some of the requirements that people should have before looking into something like the total access uh, loan? Uh, well, you need to, you need to have equity. Um, so right. basically what we would do is we would start with ordering an appraisal to see the value of your home. Um, and regulations only allow us to go up to 80% of that value. So 80% of that value, subtract the balance owing on your mortgage, is what you have available to borrow. So other than that, you have your standard, um, if you have equity, you have your standard approval process. So your credit, your income, and make sure that it fits within your budget. Right. So let's use Yanni's 
round figure, $100,000. So someone comes in with a $100,000 mortgage, they've been paying that down for a few years. What, what would you usually recommend someone come in at uh, to have you know, some equity in their house already? Any kind of figures that you'd look for, any kind of, uh, you know? Um, well, I mean, if you to put it into perspective, like if your home was worth a hundred thousand dollars, right. the maximum you could borrow is eighty thousand dollars. Eighty. Okay. So if your mortgage is eighty thousand dollars or more, mm-hmm. then there's no room to leverage equity to do anything. Right. If your mortgage is eighty thousand or less, whatever that number is, is what you could you could borrow. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, what is the approval process like for something like uh, total access? It's pretty straightforward. It's just like um, any other credit application. You have to provide your proof of income. Um, you have to have a decent credit score, um, and you have to the new mortgage payment of what you're requesting against your other liabilities, your property taxes, and your heating cost um, shouldn't exceed between forty and forty-two percent of your gross monthly income. All right. Yanni, if someone's moving a mortgage from another financial institution, can they take advantage of, of something like Total Access Home Equity with us? Yeah. Uh, again, uh, to Mike's point, it would depend on what the property is valued. So we would order an appraisal. Um, when is the term, I guess, of the mortgage up for renewal? So then what would potentially be the penalty? It may not be worth someone switching over uh, to us, even though we would love their business, if they had a substantial penalty um, to do so, right. unless we could show them that you know, based on the, the interest rate you're paying now and the penalty and the rate that we're going to give you over the next five years, let's say, for example, you would actually have saved money. Uh, but you know, all things considered, if, if Mark was was switching to Sydney Credit Union and he had uh, property worth a uh, hundred thousand dollars again for round figures, and his mortgage was thirty thousand dollars, and uh, I would suggest that the process would be pretty seamless an appraisal, uh, potentially a legal bill. Yeah, right. Perfect. In terms of cost for the appraisal, typically two twenty five, two fifty, let's yeah. say three hundred, uh, and then a legal bill potentially of something around 750 to, to 1250 bucks a little bit on the the lower end uh, however that would be really the cost and then depending on what mark wants to do what his goals are for him and his wife like we just discussed uh, then which products do we put underneath that umbrella right are there other options for people that want to do renovations or, or work on their house, uh, what are some other options if, if maybe the, the total access home equity isn't the right move for them? It's a fine line. Uh, so what I mean by fine line is if you don't have the equity in your home and you know you have to do the work or you want to do work, uh, not that you need to, again, like we discussed earlier, is a what type of work are you doing so doing an as is as completed value in the home to show the value that you're going to get to we can always do loans that are unsecured meaning it's not secured by your home or lines of credit unsecured that's not secured by your home what i was saying by a fine line is you don't want to get into too many unsecured products that that essentially are doing renovations to your secured home if there's no value or equity i guess in there sometimes being patient with it might be the better option or paying cash slow but steady for doing little works might be might be the best option we find uh, 
here at the credit union as people as summer comes and the buzz is around and you want to do your landscaping etc and you asked earlier about what adds value you can spend a lot of money on landscaping that you're not really going to get equity for um, and, and that's what I mean by the fine line I've seen people come in with $25,000 they've spent on right. landscaping and they didn't get any value back from the property because of that right. so that's what I was saying it's a fine line on those unsecured products and, and, and we try our best to have those conversations with, with the members at those times but again depends on what their goals are and how we can help them reach their goals yeah so, and that's a really good point because you know everybody wants to have the perfect home or the perfect house or the best kitchen and bathroom and all of that stuff but at the end of the day your home if you know you're going to be there forever close to it um, you know it's one of the biggest investments of your life or in your portfolio so you don't want to use your home as a bank machine so you don't always want to owe as much as you can owe on your home um, you know so you always have to make sure that before you choose to borrow against the equity in your home that you have a meeting with your financial advisor or your your banker and make sure that that fits into your plan and you know you're not going to just owe for the rest of your life right of course yeah uh, Yanni kind of going on your point what are some things that maybe people should focus on you mentioned uh, high energy efficient windows before versus something like uh, you know a garden or something like that you know what are, are there certain things that people should focus on are there hot topic or hot uh, button issues that uh, will add the most value to your home so maybe your resale goes up or maybe the value of your home goes up and you can you know look into more of a, a total access uh, in my experience, uh, the, t- the two rooms that uh, give you the best bang for your buck, depending on, I guess, how much bang you're doing in terms of the renovations, are the, are the bathrooms and the kitchen, right. um, or bathroom and kitchen. Those are the ones that uh, people look at the most. Those typically are the ones that cost the most, um, but those are the ones that are giving you the best bang for your buck in terms of value back. Mm-hmm. So long as uh, when you're going into the work that you're doing, you're also being cost efficient and effective when yeah. you're doing that. Like so, for example, we just did uh, our bathrooms and our kitchen. It, it didn't cost us as much as we thought. We 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 budgeted uh, for quite a bit more, and now when we got the appraisal from our appraiser after we did the work, uh, we noticed a twenty percent increase uh, separate from the cost it, it took to build. Uh, so what I mean by that is. Say we spent $10,000, he said the property went up, uh, let's just say for, for number $15,000. Right. Uh, let, th- those aren't the actual numbers, no, yeah. uh, but that's, that's <laughs> what he suggests. So we got a $5,000, I guess, increase for doing the work. Yeah, if we that's, were to that's use fantastic. I think numbers. that's what people want to focus on, right? That's, uh, I think, being as effective as you can with, with stuff like that. Uh, is is exactly what people should be focusing on when they're putting work into their house, aside from regular maintenance and yeah. repairs and that kind of and stuff. And there's always the other side of that coin, too. There's always the option to over-improve. Mm-hmm. So if you want to spend $35,000 on your kitchen, but you no other home on your street has a $35,000 kitchen, um, the likelihood of selling it, if that was what your plan was down the road, is going to be more difficult because someone's not going to want to buy that one off house in that neighborhood, right? right? Even though it's the nicest home in that neighborhood, it's not going to attract the right type of person to spend that type of money to yeah. live there. So it's a, a balancing act for sure. Absolutely. Are there any tips that you can give people for 
avoiding that that balancing act or for for staying in that middle ground or uh, yeah it's definitely just... it's definitely um, the appraisal okay. so when you talk to your appraiser um, they'll give you what your home is valued at and what they value your home at um, generally around here is what other homes in similar condition in similar areas have sold for and when they look at the the value as complete if it's going to be you know way outside of the norm and you know your neighborhood and he's comparing your completed value to neighborhoods that are nothing like your own then you may want to think about what you're doing there right perfect yeah. and when you're in, the, in those renos uh, from personal experience and i'm sure mike can attest to this work that you can do yourself uh, you ultimately save money on the labor and uh, and and that uh, goes a long way uh, to to increasing, I guess, the value because all you're paying is the material. You don't get uh, value back for labor. Uh, in in saying that as well, you know, it depends who's making the decision in the household. I guess whether it's the you know whoever handles the money or whoever's the dreamer. Um, but but when you're going to the Home Depots of the world or any of the local shops we have here, uh, what type of material am I then buying and and the, what, what we have done is instead of using, you know, tile, for example, and using the $40 a sheet tile, we may use the $40 a sheet tile in the middle, but use the cheaper tile around the outside to save the cost but still have it look nice. Right. Um, as opposed to changing all of our countertops, for example, which were still in good condition, we looked at the color of the countertops and changed the backsplash and the color of our cupboards because countertops for every cut, uh, you're rerunning quite the deficit. Uh, so, and, and then to Mike's point, what is the area that I live in? What am I going to get back for this property? Uh, is always something to consider. Ultimately, come back to your goals. If I plan to just quickly flip this home and then sell it, it would be a completely different conversation than if I plan to live here forever. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. Do you guys have anything else to add about uh, people looking into this kind of mortgage or uh, or getting the most out of your mortgage with the total access or anything like that or we we choose Sydney around. Credit Union of course of course we want people to choose Sydney Credit Union and if you want to hear more from Sydney Credit Union you, you can uh, subscribe to the Cooperative Money Matters podcast we're on iTunes Google Play Stitcher uh, SoundCloud and, and pretty much anywhere else you can find uh, podcasts so thank you so much for listening and as always you can visit us for more on sydneycreditunion.com Thank you.